During my last visit six weeks ago, I had a message on go and uh, the concept that we looked at in Mark 16 uh, that talked about the Great Commission. Uh, the verse that outlined the signs that will follow that those who believe. The Great Commission is an amazing calling for every Christian, but the question presents itself, how do we get from here where we are today to fulfilling that calling to go make disciples? It's a pretty daunting task, I think, for most Christians. Um, and so we looked at last time the, uh, the power of the seed. And by seed, I just mean planting some truth, biblical truth, or a word into other people's lives that encourages them to go grow closer to Christ. And I gave an illustration at the end about an, a beautiful elderly lady at Century Foods when I was working there in the produce department. And this, she was all dressed up in her beautiful Sunday best, and she came in, and all of a sudden I felt a hand on my arm, and I looked down, and just sparkle of life in her eyes, and she says, your Father in heaven loves you so much. And then I'm like, wow, well, thank you. So, you know, thank you. And I went back about my business of, of uh, working on the produce, and I looked up, and she was gone, and it's like, that's a seed that was planted in my life, in my heart, that I still remember to this day, 30-some years later. You know, it, it didn't take much for her to do that. A little bit of boldness, but it's a, it's a, it's a seed that was planted and that uh, germinated. And it can, uh, seeds can bear beautiful fruit. Uh, they, have, uh, they have the power to, to advance the kingdom. So hopefully you had an opportunity to plant some seeds these past six weeks. And if you haven't, you know, I just encourage you to speak life into other people around you. Uh, this is the first step in, in uh, fulfilling the calling of go. Go into all the world and go. So let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we are not alone in this journey. Your helper, Holy Spirit, is with us each and every step of the way. Help us to continue to plant good seeds in people's lives, seeds that will germinate and build the kingdom of God. Lord, you also outlined in your word additional tools and gifts that you bestow upon your people. Help us to understand and utilize these gifts for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. So, you know, God has given us gifts to help us fulfill the calling of goal. Today we're going to start looking at the fruit of the Spirit, and then we'll take a deeper dive into the gifts of the Spirit. But with the fruit of the Spirit, you know, we'll answer questions like, what is the fruit of the Spirit? Who has the fruit of the Spirit? And these gifts and these fruits help us to make that, uh, go make uh, disciples. So let us start with Galatians 5.22. Fruit of the Spirit today. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are in Christ have been crucified with the flesh, with its passions and desires. You know, God gave us an amazing list here, and we'll go over each, each one here in a second. But I, it, it's interesting to see in that last part of the verse, it just came to me here that Christ uh, have crucified the, and those who are in Christ have crucified the flesh in its passions and desires. And I think that is a key uh, to have the fruit, is we have to die to self. We have to die to 
all the worldly passions that may be in our hearts and our minds. And we really have to step in and reach towards the Holy Spirit to allow him to do the work in our lives. The other thing I notice in that verse is it says fruit of the Spirit, singular, and not fruits of the Spirit, which makes a little more sense because it's a, a list of things or attributes that God has given us. So what can we glean from that? You know, is, is it a typo? I doubt it, right? It's the Bible. It's the Word of God. There's no typos there. Um, I think both in the Hebrew and the Greek, it's meant to be sing, uh, singular. I think the takeaway from that is, could it potentially be one gift? Is it an all-or-nothing proposition? Maybe not you know, on a continual basis, but maybe every day. Is it an all-or-nothing? Do we wake up in the morning and we have the fruit of the Spirit? You know, where we're energized and we're full of life and we have all these wonderful attributes, or are we waking up with fear and stress in our heart, which will then, you know, like all the fruits of the spirits are out the window. I think it's a daily walk with the fruit of the spirit. Yes. 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 Uh, good point, Jim. Could we ha have it all at the same time? Uh, or, or uh, you know, or just one specific at a specific time. So I'm just reiterating that for the audio there. So thank you for that. I appreciate that. You know, I, th I think as believers, uh, it's it's good to it's a good heart check for us to ask how is our how is my fruit of the spirit doing today? You know, so each morning maybe when we wake up, you know, we can say, how's my love today? How's my joy? How's that my long-suffering? Some are better than that than others, right? <laughs> um, how's my kindness? Is my heart full of kindness today? How's my faithfulness? How's my gentleness? How's my peace? That's a real good question to ask often. How's my peace doing? If not, there might be something out of sync here in my, it, with my spirit and in my walk with the Lord at the moment. How is my goodness and how is my self-control? I think most Christians, if they're honest with these, struggle with this each and every day. I remember 10 years ago, uh, I was under a lot more stress back then with uh, three young kids in the house still and uh, work and you know other things what we were trying to do. And um, you know, I, I just, I constantly ask myself, you know, I would read the fruit of the Spirit and I'm like, Where's my fruit, you know? <laughs> Where's my patience and long-suffering and peace and joy? I'm, I'm a Christian. I believe in Jesus Christ. You know, he, I, I, I'm, I go out and evangelize. I do all these things for the church. And yet, it, it, sometimes it seems like it was hard to grasp that fruit of the Spirit. And it wasn't until in 2014-15 when my wife and I went through a four-month separation and hardship in our marriage that I, I dropped to my knees and I humbled myself. And I died to all of that stress and worry and worry about me and things. And I finally started to sense the joy. Even in the midst of the darkest time of my life, I sensed the joy and I sensed God's peace and I sensed his presence. And I think that's all part of, of being able to be sanctified in Christ and growing in Christ. There's, that is part of the equation is that we have to surrender our lives fully to the Lord. 
and, and that's a process. And uh, God takes us through, everyone through in a different, a little bit different path, but we kind of all get there in the same way. So, you know, the stresses of life can attack our joy and peace. Uh, then in turn, that could harden us and negatively impact our love. It's a battle, but it's a battle we can win with surrendering to ourselves and turning to the Holy Spirit and inviting him into our lives. I would encourage you to take the handout that I, I gave that has the fruits of the Spirit or type it up yourself and put it on your refrigerator every day. And when you reach for some sustenance out of the refrigerator, just quickly ask yourself, How's, how am I doing in all these different areas? And if you feel like there's something not right, it might be some time for prayer and uh, just letting go and letting God you know, really minister to you that day. I know sometimes when I try to pick up things that I shouldn't be picking up and stresses, and then all of a sudden I think of something of God, I just can feel that heart twisting and then also releasing. And I'm like, oh man, if I can put this in perspective and, and put this in, in perspective of the glory of God today, this is nothing that I'm dealing with. And I think that's, uh, that helps us get, in the, get our spirit in a line so that the Holy Spirit can work in and through us. The fruit of the Spirit is a foundation of moving forward in the Great Commission. You know, if we have, this, if we have the fruit of the Spirit working fully in us, um, people are going to see Christ in us, I believe. And we can go into the world and make disciples. John 15, 8 says, By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. So we're expected to bear much fruit for him. So if we're flowing in the fruit of the Spirit, if we're getting past our own flesh and we're surrendering, we're praying uh, to God uh, for the Holy Spirit, the Helper, to come and uh, lead us and guide us, uh, we're going to see some breakthroughs in our lives. And then uh, God also, he didn't stop there with, you know, having to go plant seeds and fruit of the Spirit. He also gave us gifts of the Spirit. So let's talk a minute about that. There are uh, biblical lists of the gifts of the Spirit, also known as spiritual gifts, that are outlined in both Romans and 1 Corinthians. So let's just look at a few of these lists. Sometimes it, there's so much lists here, it kind of seems like a laundry list. It's hard to process all these. So we'll take a look at some of the, these uh, gifts and try to put a definition to them in a, in, uh, in a short, short while here. Uh, so let's look at uh, Romans 12, 6. And this is in reference of, the, of, of being members of one body. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given us, let us use them. If prophesy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Or ministry, let us use it in ministering. He who teaches in teaching. He who exhorts in exhortation. He who, gives he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. So Paul is starting to outline some of the, some of the gifts of the Spirit uh, that we'll, we see in the body of Christ. And some of these, as we're, we're you know, focusing on them or reading on them, might spark in you. Like, hey, I, I have that. I think I have that. It's a unique bend or a unique uh, attraction to that one gift. Uh, putting these uh, key gifts together in the verse, we see the gifts of prophecy, ministry, teaching, exhortation, which is encouraging or advising, 
giving, leading, and showing mercy. So let's move on to 1 Corinthians 12, 7. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the same Spirit. To another, working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of tongues. By one and the same Spirit works all things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. You know, when uh, we had Bible study today, we, did a, we prayed uh, with oil uh, for someone, and that, this verse came to mind. Uh, you know, the, the Bible says, you know, bring the elders uh, in front to pray for somebody that needs healing. Uh, but then I realized that there might be someone in the body that has the gift of healing. And, uh, you know, that, uh, that they just have a the strong desire to heal for the kingdom of God. And God uh, has that passion, and the Holy Spirit works great things through them. So um, we uh, all prayed together for that. Later in 1 Corinthians 12, 28, um, Paul gave us a summary of the, of the gifts. And God has appointed these in the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healing, helps, administrations, and variety of tongues. Uh, just looking at these lists, it starts off with apostles, which I believe is missionaries. Uh, prophets and teachers, but then goes into specific gifts that are given to every member of the body of Christ. Uh, let's look through these, uh, th these gifts in a little more detail. Uh, I quickly put together some definitions here, but then I tried to, and then I went back through and just tried to do it from more of a spiritual perspective or maybe some account that I could give you an example. And I wish... I wish this was more of an open forum concept where I didn't have to record here so that maybe I could get some insights from you as well. Um, but pro let's start with prophecy. Something that is declared by a prophet, especially a divine inspired prediction, instruction, or exhortation. The Bible tells us that God uses the gift of prophecy to speak edification, exhortation, and comfort to other people. I uh, had one experience uh, in the not-too-distant recent past of a prophecy, Rudy and Sharon Swanpolt uh, came up to the Chippewa Valley, and about four or five of the Assembly of God churches got together for that whole week, and Sharon, uh, Rudy is a pastor, and Sharon is a prophetess. Uh, they're from Georgia, um, so they have a ministry out of Georgia, but one of their main focuses is South Africa. So part of their ministry is creating coloring books and uh, learning books about biblical stories in the Bible, and they were able to partnership with the uh, South Africa, the country of South Africa, to distribute to public schools down there. So that's quite amazing. It would be pretty hard in America to distribute Christian literature to uh, to the schools, but they allow that down in South Africa. So that's one of their things they do is they come up here to raise money to uh, create more of the the literature for those kids. But part of one of the nights, like on a Tuesday night or something, we were meeting every night, and they came up with this concept of a prayer tunnel. So it was where there's five pastors there, and Sharon and Rudy and a few other elders, and you would walk through, everyone in the congregation would come up and walk through the prayer tunnel, and then Sharon would say a word over you. 
you know, as far as a, a, have a, some type of prophetic message or a word of encouragement or a word of knowledge or uh, wisdom. And so I'm like, oh, what the heck, you know, I'll, I'll try it. You know, and I, so I went up there and I'm watching and I'm listening and as all the pastors are praying and, uh, and I see little Hezekiah up ahead and, and uh, Sharon is saying, uh, you know, oh, Hezekiah, it means this in the Bible and this and that. And, you know, so she's building up Hezekiah and speaking life into Hezekiah. And so I, I'm like, I wonder what this is going to be like, you know. So I, I walk in there and all of a sudden Sharon looks up at me. And all of a sudden her uh, saucer, uh, eyes get like saucers. And I'm like, uh-oh. <laughs> I'm thinking to myself with just a smirk or smile on my face, you know. You know how do you react in a situation like this? And so she goes into a vision. You can see her kind of looking off past my shoulder, and she describes in complete vision uh, that went on for about a minute and a half, two minutes. And I won't get into the vision today, but what I saw is I looked over in Pastor Kim, that was the pastor of Harvest Time. You know, we were already in discussions about uh, planting campuses and other things. And after that prophecy was done, I, I thanked, I thanked Sharon. I sat back down, kind of shocked. And... Uh, Pastor Kim, you know, the chain was going on, the prayer tunnel was going on. Pastor Kim left and came back, kneeled down next to me. He says, we're going to launch the Madobe Church. And I say that and I share that with you because that prophecy is supposed to be for edification of the church and, or, or maybe some direction. And no matter what was said about that prophecy, about me being in that prophecy, it was that the church advanced, the kingdom of God advanced, God got the glory, two or three more campuses, and now possibly more campuses are in the works. And the, the, we move forward. That Sharon came that day with her ministry and her heart open to the things of the Spirit, that that was, the, uh, was a catalyst. The words that she spoke was a catalyst for us to move forward. Otherwise, we might have just sat there and you know, kept in talking for a couple more years. Um, so it's neat. Uh, I don't know if you've ever had a chance to be in a service with uh, someone that uh, is, is a known prophet, um, but it is part of what the Bible says that is available in the body of Christ. Ministry, so I'll go a little faster on these next ones here. Ministry is the act of instance or ministering, ministration or service. So when you think of ministry, it's not necessarily a pastor. It's any of you, any or me. It's, it's the, the people that love to serve. And if you're one of those people, then maybe that's one of your the spiritual gifts, is, is the gift of ministry. To teach, I think of Tammy downstairs, uh, to impart knowledge or skill or instruction in the Word of God. And uh, thank God for teachers, right? Uh, they, they, make a, they help build the foundation of our young, young, young people. Maybe you're one of those people that just love to share information and have that passion to teach. That could be your gift. To exhort, to urge, advise, or cautiously or earnestly admonish urgently. We de definitely need people to uh, give exhortation in the body of Christ. Uh, to give, to present voluntary without expectation or compensation to bestow. I think of one brother in, uh, the, in, up in Oliva that, you know, has five kids and other families living with him and a job and health issues and all the other stuff. But if he hears somebody in the church that needs something, he'll give his shirt off his back. He'll drop everything and go and help them. 
And I just scratch my head and I'm like, I, I think I'm a decent giver, but holy macaronis, <laughs> this, this individual just loves, has that heart through from, from Jesus to give. And that is such a blessing to the body. Um, well, so there's give and help. So I guess that would have been a better analogy for help. Help is to, uh, to give or provide what is necessary to accomplish a task or satisfy a need, contribute strength or means, rendering assistance, uh, cooperating effectively and assisting aid. So I guess maybe in that situation, that brother is more of a, has the gift of help. But help and give kind of go hand in hand. But if you know of anybody that's uh, quick to share their resources with you or money with you, that might be an individual that has the, uh, the gift of giving. To lead, to guide or direct a group. Uh, I think of Proverbs 29, 18, where it says, where there is no vision, the people perish. And I think sometimes it's, uh, you know, it's, it's so hard, easy to underappreciate great leadership. But with a good leader, you know, they can lead the whole flock and uh, great things can happen. Um, having a, a, a leader that just loves God and has a heart to serve and, and uh, to direct is, is an amazing thing. Mercy, compassionate or kindness, forbearing, showing another, uh, showing another, uh, shown towards another an enemy or, or person in one's power, compassion, pity, or benevolence. And that's a unique gift, you know, to look at somebody that uh, maybe doesn't deserve forgiveness or, you know, that, that are just, well, everyone deserves forgiveness, but just, uh, you know, are hard to and, and uh, to forgive and to work with and somebody that can come along and just remind us that the mercy that Jesus Christ gave us at the cross, and we need to give that mercy too. Sometimes we need somebody in our body just to remi remind everyone of that. Word of wisdom, the ability to speak knowledge of what is true or right, coupled with just judgment to actions, discernments, or insight into another person, offering insight. So maybe you've had a situation where somebody in the church came up to you and offered you a word of wisdom, some type of revelation, you know, that, uh, that just helps you in your journey in life, you know, in your spiritual journey. It's like, whoa, I never thought of that, you know, type thing, uh, and gave you some wisdom there. Same thing with word of knowledge, the ability to speak truth or fundamental principles to another person, offering intelligence into the topic, or even giving insight, some spiritual insight, where they're like, I think this is going on in your life, you know, and, and, and uh, saying something that maybe they don't even know, they can't confirm, something that you're doing or something... Um, some insight into that, um, some knowledge into that. Um, and, uh, you know, that's, that's a powerful thing. It helps bring clarity to our walk. Working on miracles, participating in an effect or extraordinary event in the physical world that surpasses all known human or natural powers and is ascribed to God. You know, that's all over in the New Testament. And I've, I've listened to missionaries that talk about the miracles on the mission field that uh, saved their lives in the timing that God did and the situations that how it unfolded uh, that could have only been God. It's pretty, pretty amazing. And the last few here, administrations to manage or have executive charge over something. I, I, when uh, that, that one came up, I thought of my wife, Lori. She's the church administrator up at the Leva Church. 
And I see how she just works with all the different people, groups of women's ministry, the men's ministry, this, that. And she's coordinating uh, people and events and constantly sending out communications and doing all that kind of stuff. And it's sure nice to have somebody in the church uh, that, that can do that. You know, it really brings us all together as the body together and uh, accomplishes the things uh, that the, the church wants to do. The gift of healing, curative or prescribed or helping to heal. My grandpa Dell, when he was seven, year, uh, seven years old down in Buffalo County, he told me that he got some type of fever and disease or something like that, and uh, he became crippled. So he could not walk. He was laying in bed for six months. And my great-grandparents uh, heard of a faith healer down in Cochrane, on the outskirts of Cochrane. And so um, they, they, I don't know if it was horse and buggy back then. Uh, he would have probably been 1936 or if they had a, some type of formal car back then. But they drove down there, and, uh, and they went into this old cabin. She lived alone, this old cabin. And I, I don't remember all the details of what happened in that cabin. But after like a day, he walked out of that cabin. Amen. And, and even when he was telling me this 10 years ago, I remember tears welling up in his eyes on that experience. God touched him that day. And so there are people with the gift of healing that God gives them supernatural ability. Um, we all have the ability to pray for healing. We all should. Um, but there are those gifts as well. Faith, confidence, or trust in God. You know, when the world is trembling, we need to have someone in the congregation that says, oh, we just need to trust God. You know, have faith. God's not, God never has abandoned us yet. Why would he do it, uh, you know, in the future? And just that, that ounce of faith, that, that gift of faith can lighten all of our hearts and can and strengthen the entire body. Discerning of spirits, to perceive uh, by sight or spiritual insight, see, recognize, or ascertain the spiritual world. I think of the verses that talk about we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against spirits and principalities and powers and high places. There, we're, we're dealing with spiritual things all the time, all around us, spiritual forces in play. And if you have somebody in the body that, that's their gift, they can give us some deep insights and say, hey, we're not, we're not fighting this group of people over here. We're fighting Lucifer and his demons or this or that. And, you know, and, and now we know what to pray for on the spiritual realm. And the last one here, uh, which I won't go into a lot of detail because that's probably a, verse, uh, the, uh, a message all into itself, is speaking in tongues. The gifts of tongues is simply the Holy Spirit giving you supernatural ability to speak in a foreign tongue that you have no knowledge or ability to speak on your own. And uh, there's a couple different illustrations of speaking in tongues. I think of the day of Pentecost when there was 3,000 people there. And, uh, and, and it, sta it states there that they understood in their own language. And people were astonished because there's all these people from all over the world, and yet they could understand in their own language. So some people say, well, you know, it gives you the ability to, if we speak in English, it gives us the ability to speak in Chinese, or at least let them, the people hearing that are Chinese can hear them in that language. So there's that. And when the other thing that I think the AG is more commonly known to, ha uh, to believe is that it's another type of tongue that can be given right from heaven. And it's a heavenly language 
in which you are communicating with God, and often the purpose of that is to glorify God. Um, unless there's an interpreter, and if there's an interpreter that we can interpret that message, then it edifies the church. And uh, Paul was talking about that earlier, um, or maybe coming up here, <laughs> uh, that uh, you know he talks about where prophecy uh, is probably preferred because that edifies the entire body, but tongues only edifies if there's an interpreter because there should be some message given from God that um, encourages the entire body. In Romans 8.26, it says, Likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. In that last part, which groanings cannot be uttered, in the, the English Standard Version, it says, too deep for words, is, is kind of what, what the Greek and Hebrew interpretation of that is. Um, one of the things that, if you look back in those verses that I read, though, is the, the point that Paul's making, that there are many gifts, but the same Spirit, right? So in 1 Corinthians 12, 4, there are many diversities or various kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. This is not an exhausted list of spiritual gifts. Later in 1 Corinthians 7, 6, Paul talks about the gift of celibacy or singleness. Maybe you find yourself there in, 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 in a single situation, and there's some people that are just fine with that, right? A, a lot of people are like, oh, we've got to find somebody, you know, to uh, share my life with. But some people are like totally content in their singleness, and Paul says that's, that's a, a, a spiritual gift. If we look back in 12, uh, Corinthians 12, 4 uh, through 11, we see terms like, to each is given a manifestation of the Spirit. For one person it's this, and the other person it's that. And it also goes on uh, to talk about that um, maybe one gift is given to a specific person in the body, or even at a, uh, maybe you've experienced a gift uh, at a certain time. You know, maybe God will give you one of these gifts for a specific time or instance. And really, it's all about his glory. You know, God gives us these gifts to glorify him and build his kingdom. Each one of you have one, at least one, if not more, gifts. But most of us usually gravitate towards one of these gifts. Um, maybe you really love to give. You know, you have a passion for seeing, uh, seeing a need and giving. Or maybe enjoy helping people. Or maybe organizing the church and administration and functions and events. We all need these gifts. The points are, the reason God gives us this is so that the body can function as one. And each one of these gifts enhances the entire body. And so each one of you has unique, a unique gift that we need in order to function properly. We need all of us, all of you. We are the body of Christ together. God works through each and every one of us. Is there a gift that this local congregation is missing? Maybe instead of praying that there's some people, more people will come through this big back door here, maybe it's like, let's get together on a weeknight or something or, and pray and like, okay, we seem to be short in these areas of, of service to the body. And you know, kind of tying back to those to those uh, gifts of the Spirit. Maybe pray for that specific gift. Maybe pray for that individual that has this gift, you know, and, um, and see what happens. It would be kind of a, a different angle 
to pray, uh, pray um, for building the church body. Um, the verse ends with 1 Corinthians 12, 11, but one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. So it's really all about God in his, in, in his process of working through his body, working on his body and through his body. I'm sure many of you can probably look around the room here and say, oh, you know, Jim has this gift and, you know, and uh, Julie has this gift. And that's pretty cool when people can actually see the gift that the Lord gives. These gifts are, are given again to edify the uh, body of Christ and to build his kingdom. He didn't send us off into the world as sheep amongst wolves without his power. We have his power uh, through the gifts of the Spirit, but also, of, cor of course, through prayer. We need to walk in these gifts and utilize them in the church and in your journey in life. Some people believe, especially after the pandemic, that, hey, I, I don't need to go to church. This is Sunday. I can stay home and listen to some televangelist. But they're missing the point, is that you might be there to speak a word of wisdom to somebody that day, or a word of knowledge, or be part of a prayer group that prays for healing, or maybe somebody that's thinking about suicide that comes to the church and just needs that word of encouragement. It's important, each and every one of us, to do our roles and to be available to the body. Some of you might be wondering today, oh, give us a checklist and let me pick which gift I want here. You know, and uh, you might be looking down the list and says, oh, uh, let's see, the gift of mercy. Oh, that's too much of a heartache. You know, the gift of giving, oof, way too expensive. You know, so, <laughs> but, uh, you know, the idea here today is the, that we're not picking out the gifts. There are some churches that have a whole program that they go through and they do all these surveys about your personality and your, and your uh, interests, and, and they come up, oh, you got the gift of this, this, and this, you know. Uh, well, you know, more power to them, but uh, I think that if you walk, in the, in, in, walk this uh, life of faith out. Uh, sooner or later, you'll, you'll see those gifts that God has given you. So in conclusion, could you imagine if the body of Christ lived each day as the Lord outlined in his word? You know, starting with surrendering our lives to Christ and praying, you know, when we talked about uh, our prayers rise to the throne room of God, but then going in and going to make disciples by planting a seed in everyone we, we meet. Might be that one little word or phrase, that encouragement that sets, plants it in deep into somebody's heart that 30 years later they're still remembering and quoting. Walking in the fruit of the Spirit each day that will set us apart from the world and be that light in the world's darkness. And use the spiritual gift that is bestowed upon you to advance this kingdom. The gates of hell surely will not prevail against such as this. The kingdom of God will go forth, and many more will be added to the kingdom. Let us go about our Father's business. Let us humble ourselves and walk in the fullness of his Holy Spirit. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, help us to win the battle of faith each day so that we may walk in the fruit of the Spirit and serve in the spiritual gifts that you bestow upon us. We want to advance your kingdom, and we want to make disciples of Christ. Be with us and empower us to be bold and overcome the world. 
We pray these things in Jesus' name. And again, the verse um, I'll leave you with today, uh, after Jesus' resurrection, that's coming, uh, we'll be celebrating here this next Sunday, he visited his 11 disciples. And his first word of encouragement was uh, Mark 16, 15. And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means harm them. And they will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. The word of the Lord. Let us go this week, Passion Week, as we celebrate Christ's triumphant, uh, his, his sacrifice and his triumphant uh, um, resurrection.